Save big money on everything for your next project at Menards. Spring is here making it the perfect time for outdoor projects. Suncast storage sheds are an excellent solution for protecting outdoor lawn and gardening tools. They're easy to assemble, and the all-weather construction provides water resistance and UV protection. Save big on Suncast storage sheds. View our selection of Suncast products today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Asian Madness Podcast, a podcast where we discuss all things true crime, morbid, mysterious, and odd from the Asian continent. I am your host, Jessica. Hello listeners, welcome back to the Asian Madness podcast, and oh my gosh, can you believe this is episode 100? I have no idea how I got here, and I definitely wouldn't have expected to get here when I first started this podcast. It has been a pleasure to discuss so many different cases with you guys. I could not have gotten here without your time, your reviews, your emails, and your generous donations. I understand this can be seen as quote-unquote entertainment, but more importantly, my goal is to share lesser-known cases and discuss dark traditions and culture all across Asia, or involving Asian people. So once again, you have my deepest gratitude for helping me get here. It's nice to have a podcast to work on, and as you can probably tell, I'm not here for the fame or fortune. I'm here because I'm a huge introvert and homebody, and this is a way for me to connect with the world. So with all that out of the way, today's episode number ends with zero, so that means it's another round of urban legends and ghostly tales. I'm wondering if I should move away from urban legends in the future and try something else. So if you have any ideas or suggestions on what direction I could go with, let me know via email or DMs. Now, I will bring you five different tales from various places across Asia. Some you may have heard of, some may be new to you. Some might be creepy, some you will probably never experience, I hope, and some might even be kind of funny. But it does not take away the if factor. It might sound funny to you, it might sound kind of weird, but what if it's real? Would it still be funny if you encountered it? Remember, fact or fiction, it's all in your head, probably. Let's begin. For our first tale, let's travel to a vacation hotspot that is Phuket, Thailand. You think of Phuket and what comes to mind? Beaches, 
cocktails, delicious and cheap food, basically your vacation essentials. But you don't expect to encounter weird situations that leave you questioning whether ghosts are real or not, or whether you're losing your mind. A couple from China got married and decided that Phuket would be a wonderful place for them to go on their honeymoon. Although they made plans and thought it all through, things sometimes just don't go the way you expect it to. As soon as the couple arrived at their hotel, things started to go wrong. While the couple had initially booked the ocean view room, the front desk had no choice but to apologize to them, stating that they were overbooked and unfortunately, their ocean view room was currently occupied. But hold on, they actually had an early checkout that day, but it was a regular room located at the end of the hallway of a certain floor. The couple had spent hours flying and traveling, and since they had already paid for it, they didn't want to spend more time searching for another hotel and go through all the hassle. They were in a foreign country and had limited ability to communicate properly, so in the end, the couple decided to accept their fate and the room at the end of the hall. It's just a room anyway. They had activities planned, many places to see, restaurants to visit. They would probably only be in the room at night. What could be the harm? If you remember anything about episode 14, Sleeping with Ghosts, then you should know that rooms at the end of the hallways are a huge no-no in Chinese culture. The couple were probably aware, but maybe they weren't that superstitious. It felt too late to make any further changes to their plans, so the couple walked down the hallway, which seemed to go on forever, until they arrived at their room, which was located right next to an exit door. The end of the hallway was definitely not well lit, and the green exit sign made it look even more ominous. The couple ignored their discomfort and entered the room. If you thought the hallway was dim, their room was definitely no better. There was a building structure right next to their window, which basically blocked any ray of direct sunlight. It made the room seem a lot smaller and stuffier. They immediately began to unpack and put their things away, and suddenly, the wife realized that her phone was not on her. She rummaged through their room looking everywhere. This was odd, as they had just entered the room a few minutes ago, and she could have sworn she had it on her when they entered the room. She asked her husband to call her phone, hoping that they could hear it. Fact is, she had her phone on vibrate, meaning there's no sound. But still, if you stand absolutely still, you can still hear the vibration of a phone when it's ringing. The husband took out his phone and called, and after a couple of rings, the call was picked up on the other end. Hello? There was only silence on the other end of the phone. Hello? Did you find this phone? Again, there was only silence. Before the husband could say anything else, the line went dead. That was odd, but not scary. If anything, it's likely someone had found her phone and didn't understand what they said or wasn't sure how to respond. At worst, someone may have stolen her phone and they didn't want to say anything, then hung up. The wife panicked because no one wanted to lose their phone. Oh, I must have left it at the front desk then. Again, logical train of thought. 
The couple then left the room together, heading straight to the front desk, to ask about it. When they arrived, she asked if they had found her phone, or if she had accidentally left it here while checking in. The front desk receptionist looked around, asked around, but ultimately they said no, they had no lost phone with them. Again, weird, but not that weird. Maybe someone else took it, or maybe someone at the hotel had it and didn't realize it. The couple had no choice now but to return to their room and think about next steps. As if not getting their room was bad enough, losing one's phone was definitely making things worse. But what happened next genuinely puzzled them. As soon as they entered their room for the second time, they saw her cell phone sitting smack on top and center of the bed. This made no sense to them. They both swore they looked everywhere. They even called. Somebody even picked up, as the husband's phone showed a 7-second outgoing call. Maybe they sat on the phone and somehow picked it up? The wife then grabbed her phone and checks the call records. No missed calls, no incoming calls from her husband, and no record of a second call anywhere. Was the room playing tricks on them? Was there something actually wrong with the room? Which is why the hotel offered it to them as a last resort to keep them happy. Was it all a huge misunderstanding? Who knows? First instincts may be that someone, alive or dead, picked up the call, then hung up after 7 seconds. Another theory, like I mentioned, someone accidentally picked up the call without noticing that they did, and the phone was lost in the mess of the bed. But how do you explain the phone sitting on top of the bed when they returned, or the fact that there was no record of the call coming in at all? A ghost? Or was someone hiding in their room? If that was the case, could they have placed the phone back on the bed and left while the couple was out? Either way, this experience deeply disturbed them, and it's possible they may never want to set foot in a hotel room at the end of the hall ever again. Next up, let's take a short trip over to one of Hong Kong's best universities, the University of Hong Kong, but specifically, the medical department. As we know, when the new school year rolls around, freshmen are introduced to their department and senior students. Sometimes they host gatherings, sometimes parties, or just simple meet and greets. Great chance to meet all your fellow classmates and senior classmates, also to form bonds and friendships. Or in some cases, new enemies. In one particular year at a gathering, one freshman stood out to everyone present. He was very talkative, outgoing, and not really in a good way. He came from a family of doctors, with both his older brothers being doctors. He liked to tell everyone that he knew more than his peers, and although he lacked the training, he had a lot of experience around organs, corpses, etc. Yes, he was basically showing off by telling everyone he was better than everybody else. The older students were not really thrilled about this guy's demeanor. Like, who the hell is this kid? He's brand new and comes strutting in like he's royalty? That kid needs to learn some manners. During the get-together, the older kids then asked him, since he seemed so knowledgeable and confident, would he be willing to take on a dare? Nothing too crazy. Just, you know, 
spend one night in the autopsy room with a corpse. This corpse was apparently quite new. It had yet to be dissected. Obviously, not do anything with the corpse, but just hang out in the same room. The boy hesitated for a quick minute, but the older kids continued to egg him on. You know so much, right? You're totally used to seeing dead people and all that, right? This should not be a big deal to you at all, then. Well, the student really backed himself into a corner here, and being too proud, he said, of course, he will do it. Even if you don't believe in ghosts, you might still feel very uncomfortable. The room is probably colder than the other rooms, no beds for you to sleep on, but that's okay, right? Not like the corpse is going to get up and try to scare you. So everyone ushered the student to the autopsy room, and since the door could only be locked from the inside, he was somewhat safe. If he did feel discomfort at any moment, he was free to leave. So the rest of the students went back to their gathering, and the freshmen stayed behind for the night. In reality, the older students didn't really intend on making him stay all night. They only wanted to give him a little scare, maybe to teach him a lesson, to tone down his attitude. Something like that. But the gathering turned more into a party, and by the time it was winding down, they realized the freshman was probably still in the autopsy room. It had been hours, and they felt bad and immediately rushed over to tell him to come out. They called for him, tried the door, but it was locked. They tried to listen, to see if they could hear anything from the room, and what they heard really made them panic. It was very faint, but they could hear heavy breathing and a voice muttering, not loud enough for them to hear what was being said, but definitely the freshman's voice. They had no idea how to proceed. He was not opening the door on his side, and they had no key to open the door. They also didn't want to go to security for this as they might get in trouble, so they tried every way possible to get the door open, and after a while, they succeeded. They all burst into the room, and it was a regrettable scene. A few students began to scream. A couple felt so sick, they began to vomit on the spot. It was chaotic. The corpse that had been laying on the autopsy table was now laying on the floor, eyes wide open. She had been cut open her insides spilling out, her organs and flesh all over the floor. As for the freshman, he was huddled in the corner of the room, clothes covered with the woman's insides. He had weird claw marks on his arms, his eyes were bloodshot red, and worst of all, he was gnawing on what appeared to be the woman's organs. As soon as he saw the students come in, he began to yell, I have to eat him, he is not my son. Obviously, it made no sense to anyone who was listening. And at this point, it caused so much commotion that security had arrived and the scene had to be cleaned up. The woman's organs were recovered, so what was the freshman eating? To everyone's shock, the woman had been pregnant with twins. He was eating the fetus. So what do you think happened in that room? Did he experience some kind of psychotic episode or mental breakdown? Could he have scared himself into this situation? Or could there have been a more supernatural element to it, where the woman may have guided him into doing something like this? This tale just ends here, and whatever happened to the student, if real, 
was never mentioned again. So fact or fiction, or maybe a mix of both, you decide. I really wish I had done more when I first started working. I could have done more to save and manage my finances. Sure, I did not get paid a lot, but who knows? If I had done something about it, I could have become a millionaire by now. But then again, there's really no age limit to that, because handling your finances should never have an expiration date. We grow and we learn. That's life. So what could anyone who's joining the workforce do? Well, they can join Chime to get a jumpstart to a healthy financial journey. Chime is a financial technology company that can help manage money you have and also help build your credit score over time. With Chime, there is no monthly fees, no minimum balance, and no deposit needed to become a member. Once you're signed up and link a qualifying direct deposit, you get benefits like getting paid two days earlier and fee-free overdraft of up to $200. So sign up for a Chime checking account today to link your paycheck. It only takes two minutes and does not affect your credit score. Get started at Chime.com Asian. That's Chime.com Asian. Chime is a financial technology company, not a bank. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank North America or Stride Bank North America. Members FDIC. Early access to direct deposit funds depends on payer. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. See chime.com slash spot me. Question that is relatable to most of you listeners. Have you ever signed up for a recurring service to get a free trial only to realize you forgot to cancel in time? Or perhaps you sign up for a subscription and don't really use it. It's a common theme nowadays, especially with a million streaming services, subscription kits, all that stuff you probably don't need. I know it's always exciting to sign up for new trials and subscriptions, whether it's some streaming service, some new game, or some sort of merchandise. I get it, because I do it too. It's not shocking. We love new and free things. But what happens after your free trial? Sometimes we forget. But other times these websites make it nearly impossible to cancel. Rocket Money can make your life a ton easier and also help you realize your mistakes. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bill, all in one place. They will do the searching for you, and if something pops up that you no longer want, just hit cancel, and they will cancel it for you. Kind of like magic. I know I was spotted a couple subscriptions I didn't want anymore, and considering how expensive everything is today, it's really helpful. Best of all, it's a great app to keep track of your spending. It manages all your spendings in one place and categorizes your expenses, which in turn helps you budget your money so you can use it wisely. Believe it or not, over 3 million people have tried Rocket Money to help track and save money. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash madness. That's rocketmoney.com slash madness. Rocketmoney.com slash madness. For our next tale, 
Let's travel a little east and check out another tale from Taiwan, where I'm from. This is a rather famous tale, and there's even a movie about it on Netflix called *The Bridge Curse*. Though I admit I have never seen it. In the city located in the middle of Taiwan, a very famous urban legend exists in Donghai University campgrounds. It was rumored that years ago, around the year 1985. There was a student couple that seemed happy on the outside, but not so much behind closed doors. Li was a girl studying in the Chinese department, and one year during their Christmas party, a young man she did not recognize accidentally waltzed into her life. Not so gracefully, though. He stepped on her toes, and she was very angry and began to berate him. The young man named Hua apologized profusely. And another young woman came over and dragged Li away from the poor guy. This other girl later caught up with the boy, telling him that she was Li's roommate, and ended up apologizing on Li's behalf. The two talked it out, and things were fine. They continued to keep in touch, and soon they became a couple. But she was quite obsessed. While Hua was very devoted to his studies. His girlfriend used every waking minute of her life to obsess over him. She waited outside his classroom. She waited outside his dorm room. She would make bentos for him, the whole nine yards. While this might sound sweet to some of you, it became a burden to Hua. The two continued to date, and one day the couple had made plans to meet at a bridge around noon. When Hua did not show up, the girl went to his dorm. To ask other people where he was at. Turns out, Hua had also kept in touch with Li, the girlfriend's roommate. She was devastated, of course, and eventually confronted Hua later that night. He apologized to her, saying that he had been doing homework and lost track of time. While she accepted his apology, she was still very uncomfortable. After heading back to her own room, she questioned her roommate, Li. And Li also stated that she had been working on projects and homework with Hua. The story checked out, but still, it made her suspicious. A few months go by, and Hua is on the verge of graduating. Although they've been dating for quite a while, they never really talked about their future. The girlfriend then tracked down Hua, telling him that she needed to talk to him about something serious. She needed answers. Hua appeared to be in a hurry that day. Telling her that he will meet her at the bridge at night, which happened to be their usual meetup spot, the girlfriend agreed. Showed up at the bridge the following night and waited. When he failed to show up once again, she ran over to his dorm to ask his friends. Turns out, once again, Hua had made plans with Li, and the two were out on a date. The girlfriend could not believe it. She made her way back to the bridge and started sobbing. A few young men that walked past her were curious and worried, even stopped to ask her if she was all right. In a frantic frenzy, she asked them, "What time is it?" They replied, "12 a.m." The girlfriend's body was found the following day under the bridge. She had apparently leapt off the bridge not long after the young men told her the time. Another version states that she found a large tree near the bridge and hung herself. Either way, she ended her life. While this tale seems very cliche and maybe not very scary, it's what people have reportedly experienced in the next years, 
that officially made this tale very popular. It was rumored that young men walking alone on the bridge around 12 a.m. would feel a presence, and many times they would hear or feel a person tapping on their shoulders from behind, asking them, what time is it? Others have a different experience, which is less intrusive, but still kind of creepy. It was rumored that around 12 a.m., the stone stairwell near the bridge would change. Instead of its original 12 steps, it would become 13. Some students going up these stairs at around 12 a.m. would end up counting the steps as they ascend, but the most important part came later. If they did happen to notice that an extra step appeared, it was important to not turn around and look back. There's always that one person who wants to be brave and challenge these tales, so he set up his camera, went up the stairs around midnight, counting as he walked up. Once he reached the 13th step, he immediately turned around, but saw nothing. Well, that was a bust. Clearly, it was just a story. He went back to his dorm and began to look through the camera footage, and something caught his eye. He watched himself turn around on the top of the staircase, and unbeknownst to him at the time, a white shadow appeared behind a tree near him. It was caught on camera, but not within his range of sight at the time. He was so freaked out he immediately deleted the footage, hoping he was not unfortunate enough to bring a spirit home with him. The bridge was located close to the boys' dormitory, but in the year 2002, the school decided to get rid of the bridge. They did, however, end up building another smaller bridge, close to the old bridge. Why they got rid of the bridge, I cannot say for sure. Official documents may tell you it's for safety reasons or for better university planning. It's not uncommon to find ghostly tales in and around universities. Young people are very hot-blooded, impulsive, reckless. Especially in Asia, some cultures are very repressed, and the amount of pressure students go through with school can become unbearable. So while this tale may sound rather realistic, because relationships are complicated, you can decide whether or not this bridge is haunted or not. For our fourth tale, let's travel eastward toward Vietnam. And as we know, terrible things have taken place there during the Vietnam War. There was one building in particular that stood out as it was just not quite right. It was called the President Building at one point, and while that name sounds pretty impressive, it was far from that. This building was located in District 5 of Ho Chi Minh City, known as Saigon back then. Construction began sometime in the year 1960 with the help of a French architect. It was a huge building, spanning across six blocks and a total of 13 floors each building. This was not just a regular commercial or residential building either. This was an apartment building with over 500 rooms, specifically used to house American soldiers during the war. As we know in many Asian cultures, the number 4 is quite unlucky. In many Western cultures, number 13 is unlucky. The architect for this building was slightly superstitious, as he warned the owner of the building that 13 floors is fine. But just keep in mind, the number 13 is considered unlucky to many. The owner dismissed that, since in Vietnam, it wasn't really a thing. 
Some may want to play it safe by renaming the 13th floor to R for roof. Or even skip 13 and pretend it's the 14th floor. Many places, especially hotels, do that. But the owner was not spooked. He didn't think it mattered. So they kept the 13th floor, and thus construction began. As soon as the 13th floor was finished, though, various inexplicable accidents began to take place. There were deaths, there were injuries. It all happened so fast that construction workers began to bail out, not wanting to spend a single extra minute in that place. This obviously became an issue for the owner, so in order to calm everyone's fears, he announced that he would be bringing in a shaman to the building and cleanse whatever spirit or bad juju there. It gets weird. The shaman explained that there were indeed some malevolent spirits or energy, and in order to get rid of them, they had to bury four female virgins in each corner of the building. Instead of going out and murdering four innocent young women, the owner made a shady deal and purchased four female bodies from a nearby hospital. Then they buried the four bodies, did their rituals, crossed their fingers, and hoped for the best. And, oddly enough, the best did come. No more weird accidents or deaths or injuries. Construction workers felt more at ease, which meant they went back to work and finished the building. As soon as it was done, the U.S. soldiers moved in, and all seemed to be going well, for the time being at least. Once the war was over, that meant the soldiers would be leaving, which also meant the building would now be vacant. It was then time to transform this into regular apartment housing for citizens. Multiple Vietnamese families began to move into this building, but it wasn't long until many of them began to report odd sightings, odd sounds, and scary occurrences. Some have encountered whisperings when no one else was around, the sound of military parades, and worst of all, figures of soldiers and young women, whom no one recognized roaming the halls. A lot of people lost their lives during the war, that is a fact. Could these spirits be previous inhabitants of this building, returning because they didn't know better? Were the souls of the four young women buried in the four corners not at peace? I cannot imagine they were pleased with their burials, used as some feng shui accessory for people they did not know, people that did not care about them. The last bit of this urban legend came from a coffee vendor at the entrance of this apartment building. She claimed that at the end of the day, she would always diligently count her money, but no matter how careful she was during the day, she would always end up finding random pieces of Joss paper in her pile of cash. Joss paper is basically fake money people use to burn for those that have passed, cash for them to spend in their afterlife. And how did these even get there? The building, among others, was set for site clearance in the 2010s, which meant it would be torn down. Many families took compensation from the government and moved on to different places, but there were a few that refused to leave, mainly because the compensation rate was too low for them. Could an entire building be haunted? Maybe. I have never seen ghosts. Never experienced anything of that sort, so it is very difficult for me to say. There are those who adamantly believe in spirits and hauntings, 
There are those who reject it because there's no proof. Then there are those who are like me. I just cannot say for sure, and not because I have not experienced it, but because I feel like I am ignorant to so many things going on in the world. So fact or fiction, you decide. For our last tale, I bring you back to somewhere in East Asia. China, Japan, Korea. They each have their own version of this story, so ultimately, it does not matter too much. Though many claim it originated from Korea or Japan. This one has stuck with me ever since I first heard of it. And it must have been back when I was still a teenager. I can't say it terrifies me, but it always hangs around in the back of my mind, popping up for no reason. We've already talked about playing hide-and-seek with a ghost when you have no friends. While I haven't talked about it, many of us have definitely heard of the elevator game as well. Here is another game that sounds rather tame, rather boring, but could be extremely scary. According to legend, there were five hikers in Japan heading up a snowy mountain. Unfortunately, tragedy struck and one of the hikers ended up dead. This was terrible for the rest of them, and not wanting to leave anyone behind, even their dead friend, they decided to carry the body with them to a nearby cabin. They didn't want to accept that one of their friends had died, so the four of them decided to do a summoning game, and if successful, the person could come back and join them in this world again. The game is simple but with a lot to remember. A group of four people need to be inside an empty room, clear of any obstacles including furniture, animals, etc. One of the four persons is the leader, where they are in charge of speaking when needed, and all other members must be quiet at all times. The room, aside from being completely empty, also has to be closed and in absolute darkness. Once these rules are established, each person goes to a corner of the room and takes their place, facing towards the corner, with all their backs turned towards the center of the room. As soon as everyone is ready and in position, the leader will then count to three, and the game begins. There are a couple variations to this game, but the end goal is the same. Let me start with version one. Once the leader counts down from three, all players immediately begin to move clockwise around the room, towards the next corner. Their backs must be facing the room at all times. In order to account for all the players, some have established a knocking system, where player 1 will knock once, player 2 will knock twice, and so on. Once all players are accounted for in their new corner, they begin rotating clockwise again. Rinse and repeat. In the second version, it is said that once the game begins, player 1 will begin walking toward the next corner, and upon reaching player 2, they will gently tap their shoulder, and player 2 will continue on to player 3. At one point, though, player 4 will come across an empty corner, the one where player 1 once stood. In this case, they should acknowledge the gap and continue on to the next corner. If nothing happens, that means one player will always stumble upon an empty corner in each rotation. Seems simple, right? But there are two issues that could come up with this summoning game. 1. What if someone disappears? If the players opt to use the knocking system and they realize one of its members is missing, 
an emergency procedure must take place. Each remaining player will need to speak their name backwards three times, and the person closest to the light switch needs to turn it on. Once the lights come on, the player who disappeared should reappear. Second, which is equally creepy, what if an extra person joins them? As in someone knocks five times, or what if the group circling the corners end up realizing that there is no empty corner, meaning that a fifth person has joined them in this corner game? The leader is then free to complete the procedure by getting everyone to say their names backwards three times and turn on the lights. Once the lights are turned on, there should be an additional player, maybe the person you're looking for, maybe someone completely different. Either way, no one is allowed to speak or look at the extra player until they all walk out of the room. What makes this game very creepy to me is not just the fact that it's done in the dark and you cannot see anything, but also the fact that someone may appear or disappear. If you fail to bring your player back, what happens? And what if you bring in the fifth player who turns out to be not friendly? I do not know whether the hikers manage to bring back their friend or not, but this game can also be played to summon any spirit in the vicinity, assuming they're willing to join you, of course. While I am not very superstitious, I refuse to take part in anything that could potentially put me in the role of a secondary character in a horror film. I know I am not the main character and I will likely die in the very first scene. So there you have it. Five more tales to get your brains working. Again, some are mild, some are not relatable, and some could be a mix of everything. Perhaps some of these tales have shaken your previous beliefs, or maybe they have solidified your previous beliefs. Either way, the choice is yours, and always be mindful of your actions. If ghosts do exist, they are probably watching us. Thank you again for helping me achieve 100 episodes of the Asian Madness podcast. Be safe, sleep tight, and till next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Asian Madness podcast. If you enjoyed my content, please rate and review me on iTunes. If you would like to get in touch with me, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or email me at asianmadnesspod at gmail.com. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.